Welcome to the Vineyard Cleveland podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For further information and other resources, please visit vineyardcleveland.org. We're in a series, as I said, called Who is My Neighbor? And what we're after is kingdom unity, God's kingdom unity in a divided world. And how, how do we wrap our hearts and wrap our heads around this concept of kingdom unity as it relates to racial reconciliation, um, inequality, and um, injustice in our world? What is our place as followers of Jesus to usher in the kingdom of God, which we know is a kingdom of peace and a kingdom of justice. The kingdom, the message that Jesus brought, the central message was the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and um, justice. And so how can we as Christians wrap our hearts and heads around what his word has to say, the biblical foundations of the kingdom of God to find unity in a divided world? And so we're going to take pauses throughout this morning's talk. There'll be three pauses that we're going to take. And we're going to build off of the previous week's talks. And sort of the halftime of the message series is what we're finding ourselves in this morning. And we're going to look at it from beginning, middle, and end. We're going to pull three scriptures. And one is in Genesis, one is in Galatians, and one is in Revelation. And then we're going to take moments to pause and reflect. We're going to take moments to meditate on what the Word of God says and how He wants to change and transform us and so that we can bring life to the city. It may be a moment of repentance for you. It may be a moment of confession for you. It may be a moment of silence for you. It may be a moment of healing for you. So be on the lookout for those little moments and those little ways that God wants to speak to you. Because if there's one thing we know, it's that our God speaks and He's wanting to speak to us this morning. He's wanting to change our hearts. He's desiring to transform us from the inside out so that we can bring life to the city and to those around us. So I'm going to pray really quickly. Jesus, come. We pray as you taught us to pray. Let your kingdom come and your will be done. Let your rule and reign settle on each one of us this morning. And we pray as the church has prayed for 2,000 years, Holy Spirit, come. Come fill each one of us with your presence. As we're tuning in, we need you, God. We say that we need you, God. We're unashamed to say we need you, Lord. We need you, God. We need you to come and change our hearts. We know what lives in our hearts. And we need you to, to change us. Renew our minds. Transform us so we look more like you, Jesus. We love you so much, Jesus. And I pray that you would put um, your spirit of humility on the people of Vineyard Cleveland, on all of us, as we go about learning from you and then practicing your presence. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to be in Genesis first. Um, and this verse we've used over the past couple of weeks um, to talk about the image of God, the image of God. And so right from the beginning, we see that God is not colorblind. 
A lot of times the second verse that we'll use in Galatians, a lot of times the white evangelical church will use this verse as a crutch in Galatians, as we'll see. I'll talk more about that in a minute. But we'll use it as a crutch or as a mute button to the racial justice conversation. And we'll say that God is colorblind when actually he isn't. And actually God is the artist who paints in many colors. And actually we have his signature inscribed in our hearts, whether we are black or white or Hispanic or Gentile or Jew, that we all carry the inscription of God's signature. According to Paul in Ephesians 2.10, we are the poetry of God. He's inscribed his signature on all of our lives. And so actually, God is not colorblind. God sees each and every shade, each and every hue, each and every tint or color, and he loves what he's created. That's what it means to be created in the image of God. Check it out. In Genesis 1, 26 and 27, we read this. Then God said, let us make man in our own image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created men and women in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Let's read 27 one more time. Genesis 1, 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. In his own image. In his own likeness. The portrait of God sitting in the frame of our lives. Let's take a couple minutes and be still before God. God tells us in his word to be still and know that he is God. And as we ponder, as we reflect on the image of God, there may be a couple things that come up in your heart. There may be a couple things, there may be uh, moments in your past where you felt the sting of racial trauma. Maybe it's been a, raci a racist slur that's been spoken against you, against your life. That, that conflicts with the image of God that you know he created you in. I want to encourage you to bring that before God in this moment of stillness, in this moment of quiet. Bring, bring that instance or those instances of racial trauma before God and ask God to heal the shattered image of God in your own life. Or maybe for you, it's been a, a moment in your life where you can see that you've had racist tendencies running through your veins and the things that you've said. Maybe you've spoken a, a racist joke to make your friends laugh. This might be a moment for you to confess that before God. So let's take a moment and let's be still. Let's be quiet before God and allow him to speak and bring up those instances in your life where you can bring those before God and repent or receive healing or confess or just allow God to touch those places in your life. Come Holy Spirit, in the image of God, you created us in your image. You created us. Come speak.
Yeah, Father, we invite you to speak. You, Father of all, the Father of light, from which every good and perfect gift comes from you, God, our Father. Speak tenderly to the places of wounding in our hearts. Would you speak lovingly over those who have experienced racial trauma? Would you provide a space for repentance for those who are coming before you openly and vulnerable and authentically and just bringing themselves before you? I pray for a forgiveness and a repentance to flow, a turning from the old way, from the old story that's been passed down, whether it's through your family line or through your immediate family growing up, um, growing up in a home that was constant with racial slurs against other groups. I just pray a release from that in Jesus' name. And I pray a freedom into your heart now to walk in love, to walk in peace. I cancel the assignment of the enemy in your life, of unconscious bias, of, uh, of racism, of hate. And I speak peace and freedom over you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So now we're gonna move to the middle to the second piece of this three-piece uh, uh, message talk this morning. And that would be um, in Galatians 3.28. And this little verse has just been packed with so much meaning and a lot of times has been taken out of context by the white evangelical church to mean something that God, uh, through the Holy Spirit, never intended for it to mean. A lot of times, Galatians 3.28 can be uh, used to support this idea that God is actually colorblind. But we know that's not the case, as we'll see during the next piece in Revelation, where all of our identities, all of us will be, um, our identities will be preserved in heaven, in, in eternity, before the throne of God. And so God loves identity enough, ethnic identity enough, he created it in the beginning, so he loves it, and he preserves it in the end. He affirms it. He actually affirms it. And that's what I want us to see this morning. And that's what I believe that God is calling us to see in the scripture this morning, is that we are not to um, put, use this verse um, to put a mute on the racial reconciliation conversation, but yet we are to see the Holy Spirit in this verse to affirm one another's identities because God does. God doesn't use Galatians 3.28 to say that he is colorblind and that he can't see color, and so we shouldn't. We shouldn't see this verse and say that we are colorblind, now we're all one in Jesus, and we don't see color. Well, why not? We ask as true followers of Jesus, why don't you see color? God loves color. He affirms it. He affirms all of us in that. And so we're going to read Galatians 3, 28. Got to get there. And we read this. Paul is writing to a very diverse group of people in the first century. 
And this is so relevant to where we are today. Galatians 3.28, there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you, you are all one in Christ Jesus. Verse 29, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now, there's so much that we could unpack there this morning, and I could give you theological exegesis on what this passage actually means, but I feel like God is calling us to see something else in the scripture this morning. I feel like God is calling us to just sit with this scripture this morning, to sit with the scripture and hear his voice over our lives in a moment of stillness. In this moment of stillness, as we read the verse again and then are quiet for a couple of minutes, I want us to take this idea of God being colorblind and us being colorblind and lay that down at the feet of Jesus. That God is not colorblind and nor should we be colorblind as Christians, but rather to see what God would speak about that idea and see what he might want to say to our hearts, that he is not colorblind, he actually sees color, he created color, and he wants to affirm that in us and in all of our brothers and sisters. And so I'm gonna read it once more, and then we're gonna take a moment of silence together. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Let's take a moment and be still together, wherever you're taking this in from. Let's, Let's just be still before God. Heavenly Father, I am grateful that you are not colorblind, that you do see color. You don't see past color. But you see color and you affirm our identity. And that in you, no one group or person is above the other. No one group or person is below the other. But in you, Christ Jesus, we are one. We are one. 
And so we just lay this idea before you that you are colorblind, this lie that we've carried in our own hearts and that we've used in our own churches, that we've used all over the world, that we've used in our conversations to mute your voice and what you really want to say to us, to, to, to usher in your kingdom, um, to usher in racial equality, to usher in racial justice. We just confess that as sin, that we've put you on mute and what you really want to say. We've, we confess that as a sin. We confess that as wrong, that using the verse this way has actually devalued our brothers and sisters of color. And we confess that as sin. And we say, restore us. We can't hear enough about your heart for multi-ethnic worship, for multi-ethnic churches. Come, Lord, come and do it. Come and do it again. For where brothers and sisters dwell in unity, there is your blessing. And we recognize that in this passage this morning. And we recognize that desire in our hearts to be whole, to be complete, to look more like the church you've envisioned us to look like. We say, let your kingdom come and let your will be done. Amen. And in the final movement, we're going to look at Revelation. The very end, or some might say the very beginning. And in the very end, there was a great multitude, this picture that's given to the Apostle John. And there's a multitude of people in Revelation 7, this picture that's given to the Apostle John. And I want us to take notice how God preserves the things that he loves about human beings. Pay careful attention. Um, Observe the things that John observes in heaven. And then measure those things that John sees in heaven in this vision, in the word of God. Measure those things about your own preconceived ideas of what heaven will look like. And then, in a final step, after you've done that, ask God to change your preconceived ideas about about what heaven is to look like so that you can practice what heaven looks like to him now. Here we go. Revelation 7, 9. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. Here it is. From every nation tribe, people, and language, standing. Some some, uh, translations say hand in hand, arm in arm, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb, that's Jesus. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands and they cried out together in unison in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Let's read it one more time and then we'll go into a time of stillness together. After this, I, the Apostle John, looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count 
from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. From every people, nation, tribe, and language standing. The identities of those of us in heaven will be preserved because God is not colorblind. God sees and loves every one of us. Let's take a moment and be still together and just take that before God, that picture of what John gives us of what heaven will look like and then compare it to the preconceived ideas of what we think heaven will look like. And then ask God to be invited into the spaces in your heart, in your mind, where those two pictures don't line up. And ask God to make your picture of heaven more like his picture of heaven. And then invite God to change you so that you can practice his picture of heaven in our world today. That's what we're to be about to practice God's picture of what eternity will look like now, in the here, in the now. And where God is, there is no injustice. And where God is, there is no inequality between ethnicities. And where God is, there's affirmation of um, food and culture in different ways of worshiping God. Where God is, there is unity. Let's invite him to speak into that passage for our hearts. Come Holy Spirit. We're just still before you. We invite you to speak. Jesus, we acknowledge your picture where you are in heaven as the true picture of what eternity looks like. And it's an eternity where um, the people you love, whose identities are preserved, are actually celebrated. There's a beauty to that, Lord, and help us pick that up. Help us catch that here in our world, help our picture of heaven to look like your picture of heaven. And then help us, help us usher your reality into this world today. Oh, how we need it, God. How we need your reality in our world today. It's so broken, it's so divided. We repent, God, bring us into relationship with you. Bring us into fellowship with one another. Bring us into unity where there's been division. Bring us into freedom where there's been enslavement. 
Bring us into joy where there's been sadness and sickness. Bring us into healing. Jesus, you love us, and we just say that your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is where you, you are, Jesus. Come and heal the brokenness in every one of our hearts. Come and make things right that have been wrong. Come and heal racial trauma, Father. Come and, and speak softly to those who are in pain, those who are wounded from, um, from acts of violence uh, in the name of racism, to, um, uh, to victims of racial slurs, um, that wounding of words. Father, bring your freedom, bring your healing. We pray, Holy Spirit, come now. We cancel and we break the assignment of the enemy in Jesus' name. In these still moments, Father, you can do so much. You can speak so clearly. And we want to hear your voice and we want to live your life. We want to live in this world as it is where you are, God. And I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, Sarah's going to lead us in one final worship song to be still before God. And if there's still something that you need to bring before him, I want to encourage you to do that uh, during this next song as we worship together in response to the reading of the gospel, which is that Jesus came to die for your sin, to forgive your sin, to bring you into relationship with himself. And you can have that today. You can have relationship with a loving father who loves you so much and wants to heal you from these past hurts and who will forgive you of any of the wrong that's been done to you and the wrong that you've done to others. He will set you free. Jesus, death on the cross and his resurrection from the grave sets people free, sets captive, captives free. And so you can have that. You can have relationship with Jesus and you can uh, drop us a line. If you've made Jesus your forever friend, you can drop us a line at the office. Let us know that you've made Jesus your savior, that you've made him your best friend. We want to hear about that. Sarah's going to lead us in this final worship song. You guys, we love you so very much. We can't wait to see you again. We pray for you constantly every day. We're praying for you as I know you are praying for Sarah and I. We just love you so very much and we'll see you again soon. Have a great week.